don't know about you, but when I think about hospitality, I think about Williams Sonoma. I had the incredible privilege of hosting one of their newest server designers on the show today to talk about her process getting to the launch, and even you know how I like to talk about things from the very beginning, how her story with art and design even started, because really most of her career is focused on the fashion industry. Michelle is a wealth of insight and knowledge, and really encouragement to the creator and the dreamer here today. This will be a little bit about animals, a little bit about fashion, um, and a whole lot about about the newly launched line that you can find at Williams Sonoma right now through the link in the bio. Michelle grew up making or altering clothes in high school to recreate looks from Vogue and Bazaar because back then she didn't find the, the fast fashion stores like there are today. The hours along with some tears um, spent sewing, ripping things apart and putting them back together in other ways and figuring out how to make something that she couldn't find at stores laid the groundwork for the process that she creates from today. With her maximalist style and her diverse fashion background, she is a wealth of knowledge and encouragement to the everyday creative. We are so thrilled to bring this conversation to you, one unlike any that we've had on the show before. And we hope that through all of it, you are excited and run, don't walk, to get a piece from her collection today. Welcome to Making Room, a podcast by Gather Intentional Living and Everyday Hospitality. Listen, we understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable, and sometimes even just the thought of opening your door is crippling. Join us in the pursuit to bringing beauty, meaning, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. If you're anything like me, you've always wondered just a little bit about meal subscription boxes. But what if I told you that I have the answer to no advanced meal planning, no grocery shopping, no big messes, and straight to your door restaurant quality meals? Well, with Gobble, you can have all of that. 15 minute restaurant quality meals, you heard that right. With everything pre-chopped, pre-portioned, no need to measure or peel or any of the stuff that drives you nuts on a week night, you can have access to a diverse menu of flavors with special options for dietary restrictions, even options for large families and kid-friendly options. With Gobble, you can have all of this delivered right to your door to make your weeknight delicious and so much more simple. Click the link in the podcast notes to get your first six meals for only $36. I promise it's as good as it sounds. Welcome, Michelle. This is so fun and even more fun because this is your launch week of your beautiful, beautiful new serveware line with Williams-Sonoma. So glad you're here. Thank you, Katie. I really appreciate you having me. This is very exciting. It is. I mean, like super fresh launch, right? Like yesterday even. Yeah, pretty recent. Um, Okay. Well, let's see. I want to start with the beginning of your story, just so the listeners can get to know you a little bit more. Um, So your love of fashion and design started from really a young age. Your dad owned a garment factory. You were able to experiment there. But when was it, would you say, in your childhood that you first remembered this particular love for fashion and design? I always say that I feel like fashion chose me. So ever since I can remember, this is all I was doing was making clothes, sewing, drawing, um, playing around my dad's factory. Like cut work would get thrown in from a truck and my sister would be playing on piles of it. I'd 
Um, it's just something I've done my entire life. And I feel very blessed that I've been able to focus my life's energy into this trajectory. So everything from art lessons as a kid to how I spent my free time to what I studied in college, I feel really fortunate that it was crystal clear from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I think of you saying like that you got to play with scraps and experiment with scraps. Like that's like a kid's dream craft bin, you know? Oh yeah. (laughs) Had that at your fingertips. (laughs) Yeah. That's so incredible. Um, where was, where was this factory? I'm curious more about it. In Long Island City in New York. So I grew up in New York and New Jersey before uh, and lived there before I came out to LA. Okay. Okay. That's incredible. Uh, we lived in Asia for a while and there were tons of um, fabric factories everywhere. And for a second, my mind kind of went there just because they are so dreamy, you know, all the different patterns and fabrics and just heaven. I love that. Oh yeah. Amazing. Um, okay. So something that you're really passionate about sharing is the road to what got you from these early childhood days of starting to create, um, to where you are today. Uh, you've described it as a little clumsy, a little awkward, but also combined with a sense of becoming like being alive. Talk me through what that looks like. Um, this, you know, process. Um, well, I do feel fortunate that, like I said, I always knew what I wanted to do with fashion, art, and design, but I, you know, with life, I had to really, um, I was challenged with a lot of limiting beliefs. And mm-hmm. so I've always felt like I could see what I wanted, how I wanted my career or, you know, life to be, but I felt like it was so far away at the same time. And mm-hmm. as I grew up, I had to ask myself questions of why do I see other people having or getting what they want, but I feel like I can't even though, you know, oh, the outside yeah. looking in. And so it didn't make sense to me, um, but I was living that reality. And so, you know, the great thing about getting older is, you know, um, it just, there's just less time to waste. And I had to get real with myself and um, really look at the beliefs and get honest with myself about what I wanted, how much I wanted it, uh, my deservingness of these things. And, um, you know, I've always been a pretty courageous person with these challenges and, just really dug deep about um, how to get there and, you know, seek out support and assistance um, to help me untangle these uh, limiting beliefs and mm-hmm. really get rid of them and replace them with new ones um, for possibility and change. If you don't mind sharing, um, totally up to you. What were some of these limiting beliefs? Um, that I couldn't make. Um, it doesn't, it's so crazy to think about this because it's, all I ever wanted to do was that I wouldn't be able to make a living with my own creativity, that I could do it with um, working for other people, but not myself. And uh, it's kind of absurd because I see people all around me. Um, you know, it's just since the beginning of time, people have done that. And I see a lot of my peers, people I admire doing it. But for some reason, uh, I just, that was a, a limiting belief towards myself. So I had to really work through that. And um, that was a, you know, that's a big block for me because all I want to do is be creative and and live this way. Um, And I've been really fortunate to work with a lot of great clients and be creative with them. Um, But that was um, a big one and feeling worthy of, you know, these gifts and um, the way I wanted to live my life. Yeah. The creative space is hard in that way. I feel like that's so relatable, you know, for a lot of people, just imposter syndrome. And Mm -hmm. I give you a lot of credit because there's really a choice when that happens to either 
accept it or to fight it. And the fighting it is hard. It's a messy process, but you did it, you know, you broke through and, um, that's worth celebrating. Oh, so, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one thing, just as you and I were, you know, chatting earlier, um, I quoted you, I grabbed something out of our conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you said, if, um, if I could have these great things in my life with these limitations, then imagine what I could have if I put the effort into change. So as we were just saying, like, I feel like what you're talking about is so relatable to people. Um, and this is just a really powerful concept to even think about. So through it, what would you say to anyone that's sensing the same tension about change and what's on the other side? Um, okay. So I'm pretty direct in my approach. Um, when I'm asked these types of questions, um, because I feel like there's no time to waste. If you want to get what you want, don't waste any time. And so my, cause it's like, why make a big circle when you can just get the, you know, straight line. And it's something I wish, you know, I had heard more of. Um, yeah. but if you really want change, it can happen. Um, consider how you feel in your deservingness of your dreams and to get honest with it. Um, and from there, I, I believe it, all unlocks from there and all the excuses and reasons that we probably believed for why we can't do certain things. They don't hold up anymore. And, um, you know, then the universe really opens all the doors that you need, um, to get your heart's desire. Cause that's, you know, that's what we really want to live is our heart's desire. What's that saying? You might know what I'm trying to get at, but I'm butchering. It's um, like change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of, no. Have you heard, do you know what I'm trying to get? Yeah, the Anais Nin uh, quote, quote, I think it's um, when the pain of staying closed as a butt is, it's like more painful than um, than the change. And so, yes. yeah, it gets to that point where it's just too painful to stay the same. Um, and if that's the impetus and reason for change, then, uh, you know, that's, that's what it is. And it's, yeah. it's not, you know, it can be lonely and it can be painful, okay. but it is rewarding. And I encourage anyone, um, it's not easy, but, and it takes a lot of grit, but it's mm-hmm. very rewarding and worth it. Mm-hmm. And actually like you were maybe a little apologetic about being direct, but I think it's important, especially with this. You're right. There's no time to waste. And I think like the world needs what you carry, whatever it is, whether it's fashion, whatever that thing is that, you know, you're, you know, daydreaming of the world needs it. So, um, I think that directness is good. And all of us probably need a little bit more of that in our lives. Um, so that's maybe something I would add too. if you're a friend and you're hearing people in your life talking about these dreams to actually speak that to them, like do it, start, (laughs) I'll support you, you know? Yeah. You know, it's like when we hear truth, how it resonates with us, we know it when we hear it. Um, So I know how that felt for me and the changes it helped create. And so I feel like if I could help someone with that, you know, in the same way, um, Mm -hmm. by just, yeah, you know, just hearing the messages in a vague way, it's not enough sometimes. Yeah. I, as we're talking about this, I was going back and forth about the business we started and again, full on imposter syndrome. And I was out to coffee with this one friend and she was like, you know what? You should teach hospitality. And I'm like, wait, what really? Like you'd, (laughs) you'd listen to me. And I feel like that kind of spoke permission. And so, um, it's powerful when we, you know, have those kind of conversations with each other. Okay. Back to you. So you are known for your maximalist style. I love that word. Um, we hear a lot about minimalist culture. I feel like that's really prevalent. Um, but tell us what the differentiators are. 
Um, I really appreciate different aesthetics. So I appreciate um, people who are minimalists and the aesthetic for what it is. I personally, um, I'm just always attracted to bold statements, color on color, prints mashed up, uh, themes um, colliding as well as textures. And it's just, I'm just built that way. I don't know why, but that's how I see the world and what resonates with me. Um, like in my house, there's things, you know, from my travels from Morocco and Bali, Thailand, Korea, Peru, India, all over my house, wow. like lots of color. I love wearing lots of color. Um, and I know that people love the California Canyon neutral look, but mm-hmm. to me, that always feels like a missed opportunity to express yourself. So, um, Oh, I love the way you just said that a missed opportunity to express yourself. Yeah. Like to me, every cup, every plate, every anything is, an, an, you know, it's a reflection of myself and my home and it's an opportunity to, you know, do that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't understand the minimalist aesthetic from that point of view, but you know, I can appreciate it. Yeah. It's almost like it all tells a story, you know, mm-hmm. it like comes together to reflect you in design. Mm-hmm. I like that. So you started um, from sewing and knitting on the weekends, decoupaging plates, <laughs> um, because you didn't find anything in the market that really reflected your style and your values. Um, so all of that kind of came together, formed your style as a designer, which brings you to where you are right now, this incredible moment um, in your career. Uh, one that I'm sure you never would have dreamed of when you first started decoupaging. Um, but now you have a line of serveware at Williams Sonoma. Um, tell us about this line, the process, and I guess what you want people to know about the story behind it all. Oh, uh, the team, first of all, at Williams-Sonoma, they're amazing. Um, so generous and supportive. And I also felt that we saw each other. We understood. Um, we just related on aesthetics and quality. And I really felt that they saw me and my work and appreciate it. And the collaboration felt so easy and so um, I had talked to them about, you know, do you have any prints in your archives that, you know, we can use so that it really comes from a Williams-Sonoma uh, point of view in history. And then um, we, we colored everything into the blue uh, color story, something uh, fresh for spring. Um, I also love that it's an outdoor tabletop collection because I love entertaining outdoors. So that's, that was even more perfect. Um, and they gave me a lot of freedom. I worked in different formats. So I decoupage on glass. So I had this huge pan of glass that I decoupage so they could be real scale for tablecloths. I also did smaller um, circular and square. And then they interpreted them, them to, which I also love. They did it as a print on the melamine plates where my other work is real decoupage and it's more uh, wall art. And so I really love that they came up with the idea to take what I do and put on melamine plates and they're more uh, usable, functional that way. Um, yeah, and um, when they showed me all the prints, I let this print speak to me on how I'm going to lay everything out. So nothing is pre-planned. I see it, it inspires me. I start cutting out all the shapes um, and just organically like laying things out. And I do it from the back of the glass. So I don't know what it's gonna look like until I flip it over. So um, huh. So I love those surprises for myself because sometimes I'm like, wow, that's not what I expected. So I get to have 
experience throughout the process, which is really nice. Cool. And you know what, as you're talking about how easy the process was and how wonderful they were and um, how much they trusted you and respected your style. I love that for you after all the imposter syndrome and questioning along the way, right? That's such like an incredible career confirmation. Yeah, it really is. I, I can't thank the team enough. They've been amazing, just amazing to work with. And who is this line for, would you say? What kind of host? Oh, I think someone that, I guess, you know, someone like me that loves to be expressive, um, show their personality, uh, also really appreciates craft um, and like making. And so, and someone who just, you know, loves to have a great moment. Uh, I think these dishes are great for serving and making a great impression. Um, I just love how everything looks. I think it's a really versatile line. Like I feel like it could easily fit into someone's home. That's maybe a little bit more traditional. It could Mm -hmm. definitely fit into someone's home. That's a maximalist. (laughs) Um, Very, very versatile. And like you said, perfect for spring. So I'm here for it. I'm just like dreaming where I'm going to start, you know, (laughs) like which piece am I buying first? (laughs) And I guess just really quick to kind of bring the topic full circle. um, What pieces are available? It's the, um, so it's melamine um, plates, um, sets of four for dessert, appetizer, charger plates. There's also beautiful textiles that um, are printed, the tablecloths, also oven mitts and apron. So it's a whole full collection. There's also beautiful ceramic mug that rounds out the collection. Yeah, that was stunning. And for some reason, the spatula really got me too. I love that. Piece. Yeah, I love those. Yeah. Isn't that cute? Yeah, adorable. <laughs> um, okay. So I think that honestly, a lot of people struggle with designing their own style. And I feel like the longer I work in business, um, the more I learn about branding, right? It's just a part of the part of the beast. Um, but through it, the more I believe that design and fashion are a form of our own personal branding. Um, and I think that it really matters. I think that it matters to have a grasp on what we like design wise. And, um, as we're designing our you know personal style in our home, um, what tips would you give to someone who's looking to feel more themselves in their style? Oh, I, I know this from growing up trial and error, be comfortable, not just in your clothes, but also your yourself. Uh, I think real style comes from moving with confidence in clothes that express your personality, uh, make your clothes work for you, not the other way around. Um, mm-hmm. I also think look at who you admire. Could be anyone from you know Kelly Worsler to Tilda Swinton to J Lo. You know what about their style um, or you know their body of work? Like what resonates with you um, that you may want to bring out more in yourself. Mm-hmm. And lastly, please be yourself and do not follow any trends. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. It's always been a funny process for me when I will look at a celebrity or someone, you know, in the limelight and say, Oh my gosh, I, I feel like that's me. Like the way they're dressing, I feel like I'm at home in that style. (laughs) Now I have to learn how to adapt it in my own life. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting process, but like you said, it's kind of like lifelong, um, ever changing. And yeah, I guess, you know, Marie Kondo has that phrase, like whatever makes you feel joy or something like that. And I feel like style is the same way, like putting out decor and does it give you joy or does it give you angst and the same with um, clothes as well. Yeah. There's, you know, the pluralism of style. Now there's so many different ways you can express yourself, which is wonderful. So um, like everyone can do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And it's worth the time. It's worth the yeah. time to, to work through it. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to share about 
the line with people or your, you know, artistic process, anything like that before we go to our final three questions? I'm very passionate about animal adoption and rescue that, you know, to encourage people to adopt and rescue instead of shopping. Um, I also want to get the word out. That's really rewarding to foster these beautiful babies and give them a loving start. I know it can look like a lot of work. And I remember feeling really intimidated taking that on, but it is doable and it's needed in the animal rescue community. So I just encourage people to consider fostering and um, helping out the animal community. Yeah, absolutely. If someone's interested in um, looking into that a little bit more or starting the process, are there resources that are kind of your go-tos or what are your recommendations? Well, here in LA, um, I foster and work a lot with Paw Works and that's where I adopted my two girls from. Um, But wherever you are, if you Google adoption rescue, there are so many local rescue and uh, places and shelters that need assistance. It will be very easy to find someone to help. That's amazing. And I'm sure volunteer opportunities as well. I'm yes. Know, so many them. to do it. I even go around collecting towels and sheets. You know, there's, there's so many ways that, and you know, smaller, big ways to, um, help animals and the the rescues that are, you know, working tirelessly um, to find them safe homes. Yeah, that's so important. I'm so glad you shared that. And your picture that I think we're using in the marketing for this episode is so beautiful. Those are your, your adopted puppies, right? Yeah. That's what you're referring to? Yeah. Pom Pom and Tilda. Oh, those names are incredible. <laughs> I love, did you name them or did they come with those names? I named them. Yeah. Oh. I would do, I, if I was whether dog or daughter first, her name was going to be Pom Pom. So I love that name. That's so good. Okay. <laughs> That's they have long names. It's Pomona Ramona and the other one's Matilda Philomena. Oh my so- gosh. I'm here for it. It's <laughs> great. But that picture was really, I mean, a picture of a lifetime, you know, that one's worth oh, framing. <laughs> it's actually taken by uh, Charlie Nunn Photography and they um, photograph. Um, rescue pets and, um, all the time as well. So I I love Yeah. That portrait means so much to me. So we end each conversation with the same three questions for all of our guests. I love these answers. Um, it helps us get to know you a little bit better too. So, um, what is something that you have eaten recently and loved? Um, the few times a week we order in, we like to order from Mitzlala, an Israeli place here in West Adams in LA. And I love their flavors. They're just so good. But also I love that I can taste every ingredient and nothing is. Oh, wow. That's incredible. So what kind of things like, I don't know that I've had Israeli food. Oh, it's so good. It's like chicken shawarma and it's just the quality of ingredients that they use. It's like salivating. Like, look, I always look forward to, you know, and then like all the pickles, like the turnips and carrots on the side hummus to die for. Um, It's it just, yeah, the flavors are just, and I just love that. You know exactly what you're eating when you get it. Yeah. So it's like Mediterranean, right? Mm-hmm. I eat, I eat a lot of Greek. I could eat that every single day. Easy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That sounds good. Um, what is something that you found to be beautiful lately? It could be anything. Um, I always find that like the miracle of a uh, change of perception from what mm-hmm. maybe I think something is, is always a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. Have you had that experience recently? I think I have it all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. An assumption maybe, you know, and then 
um, something happens to change that perception for the better. Um, yeah. it's always a great thing, but yeah, I love those moments. Um, this is a little bit comical, but have you seen the movie inside out with the emotions? Is it no. Pixar or it's a cartoon? <laughs> no, no, you haven't. No, but it sounds like I'd like it. Oh, you have to see it. So <laughs> there are these two characters. One um, reflects joy. One reflects sadness. And like the whole movie, they're touching a memory that this person is having, kind of bouncing it back and forth from like a joyful memory to a sad memory. And it's it's supposed to be like inside someone's brain, like what happens with our emotions. And it's so real because, you know, memories can go back and forth like that. And I think you're right. It's so powerful when we can shift those things to be, you know, joy filled. You have to go watch it. <laughs> Disney. <Plus>. I will. <laughs> I will. Um, okay. And a gathering you attended that made you feel a particularly strong sense of belonging. And if you could pinpoint it, what it was that made you feel that way? Uh, well, actually tonight I'm going to be seeing two girlfriends that I've known for over 20 years since wow. I met them when I was 19. Um, and they've been part of my journey. Um, you know, this, all these years. And so they're family and, um, it feels really sweet that we'll be celebrating our years of friendship tonight and all of our life accomplishments, including the Williams Sonoma collaboration. I mean, they've seen me, you know, on my creative and personal journey. So like, it's really sweet that we get to celebrate it tonight. Yeah. There's something so just like sacred about those relationships that have seen you through so much, you know? Yeah. That's the test of time. It's but yeah, it's awesome. And a lot of celebrating. So I hope there's a lot of celebrating that happens tonight. That's great. Well, we are going to link the direct link to the line in the show notes so everybody can find it there to the Williams Sonoma Connection or a collection. But where else can they find you if they want to follow along? They could find me on Instagram at morekim and my website is moremichellekim.com and it's Michelle with two L's good. Well, thank you so much. This was so fun for me. I'm a huge Williams-Sonoma fan. I've become a huge fan of yours. So we are very excited for this collaboration and to get some pieces on our table. Thank you, Katie. This was really fun. You're welcome. We'll see you next week, guys.